on the soft, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. No camera this week. We've been having problems with the program we were using. We figured it out. We'll be back live after the break. But this week, we want to give you a podcast before the month-long break and just uh, talk to some, about big, big news. Obviously, the race was great, but silly season is upon us, and it's just absolutely wild right now, guys. Yeah, no, I, I think the biggest news – so I was actually hanging out with my buddy Zach. Um, he actually has a, he has a pretty cool car collection. But um, over the weekend, anyway, he's like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to put, like, four cars on the grid. Um, and it, it was kind of, like, shocking. Um, but I think McLaren's going to go with four cars um, next year. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, there was a time – I think it was, like, almost 10 years ago where they talked adding third third cars to these teams. But even at that, even if they did that, McLaren still has way too many drivers. I mean, obviously the big news today, Alpine announces Oscar Pistari, or Piastri, my bad. And then a couple hours later, once Australian time hit, I don't know, God knows, he probably woke up to the news. He lets us know, no, he won't be. And it basically mirrors the exact situation with Alex Polo and Chip Ganassi, and there's always one common denominator, and that's Zach Brown and McLaren. Yeah, I, I mean, also, if we could back it up one sec. So in terms of the technical difficulty, so the reason why we're not able to record, it's because we know what the grid's going to look like, and we're getting too close to the truth. So um, <laughs> they've side, stopped us. They're trying to silence us. Yeah, and, and the other thing that I have inside info on, so I talked to Seb, obviously Seb's retiring also, um, he's actually retiring because the Stroll family and their carbon footprint with all of the private jets they're taking everywhere. Um, so that's actually why he left. Uh, you know, like they brought the, the boat to Monaco last year. They didn't even like set foot on it. Um, so like just through the emissions, uh, he felt like it wasn't right for him. Um, but just something else to keep an eye on. Shut up. Okay. Um, obviously, Sav is also retiring, which is very sad. That news was crushing. Um, it's going to be sad to see him go. Four-time world champion, Red Bull legend. Currently still, at this moment, the best uh, driver in Red Bull history, but I think that'll be passed in a few years because Max Verstappen is just one of a kind. Um, and then you, a couple days later, you find out that Fernando's going to fill his seat at Aston Martin, which I did not see happening, and it kind of makes no sense to me. On a serious note, did anybody see the interview where they asked? So Fernando, I guess, called team owner or somebody, and they were like, hey, did you sign with somebody? And it was like this afternoon. And he was like, no, 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 I didn't. And then the news broke. Um, so they actually found out from the social media post, which is kind of crazy. It's like a sad Ferrari situation. Uh, it's. I think, uh, I think Fernando was uh, kind of felt slighted that they weren't going to offer him multiple years. So it was like, all right, strung them along. I guess some people are saying that he knew Piastri's option was up in July. So that's why he waited till August. Because now Piastri has his own – he's no longer a member of Alpine's junior program. So, like, Alpine's trying to say, oh, you know, he's an obligation to us. And he's saying, no, I don't. And he wants to go to McLaren, which is really telling about a team. I, wa- I just want to know what the inner workings of that Alpine team are that – a guy who's been with them for so long. They're a works team. I mean, if again, if I was a driver, I know Alpine's like the lower of those those works teams, but I'd want to be with the team who builds the engine for the car you're driving in, not just the customer, because I just think that's how you win. But that's telling when someone who's close to the operation is just like, 
yeah, no, I think McLaren's a better option for me. Could could we speculate for just one sec, right? That's what we do best. How much of the Ocon battle, Ocon slamming the door on him, like just like dirty racing, like Ocon trying to prove himself, like how much of that you think contributed to his decision? Zero. I think he wanted he wanted a multiple year commitment from out. How many years does he have left? Like like realistically, how many years does he have left? He's like right, right. But he wanted at least two years, and they wanted one because they want to put they wanted to put Piastri in that car. Okay. So Fernando feels slighted. And I want to get Jake in here on this because I know he's got some insight as well. But he felt slighted. So I think he was in talks with Aston Martin because I don't think Seb just spurred it on them that he was leaving. I think, you know, he may have gave some notice. So then they're having back channel talks with Fernando like, hey, if Seb walks away, we're going to give you the years that you want. So then Fernando waits till August because his uh, Piastri's option is up in July. So now he bas- they basically screwed um, Alpine. And the thing is that uh, one of the things out there is Piastri's manager is Mark Webber, former Red Bull driver, another Red Bull great. Um, and he was seen at the London E-Prix talking to Zach Brown. So it seems that Piastri was having these talks with McLaren bef- way before um, – the Fernando thing, then the Fernando thing comes up and now Alpine's trying to like claim him. And he's like, no, no way. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I think, um, I think it was one of those deals that Fernando did want a lot more time in F1. And I think, I think it's fair that Alpine didn't want to offer him that. I know Fernando might feel slighted by them, but uh, he's in his late forties. Like you can't expect to build a team around him and you can't really, prioritize like an older driver like that when you want to be bringing up younger drivers like Piastri. But then with Piastri, like I'm looking at a statement now and he didn't say that like, we haven't signed a contract. He flat out said, I will not be driving for Alpine. Right. Like it's, it's crazy how Alpine literally just blew off two of their, two of the best options really for drivers for next season. In a matter of a couple of days, they lost Fernando and they lost Piastri. Like they really, they really dropped the ball. It's going to hurt them next year with a lineup of Akon and, I mean, whoever, even if they try and like sue to get Piastri in there, I don't think it'll be a a good, it'll be a good fit if that does happen. The other thing too, that I just realized, how do you think Piastri feels when, you know, he's ready to make this jump to F1. He was ready to make the jump after last season. Obviously, Fernando has his contract. Their first option wasn't to put Piastri in the car, it was to keep Fernando. So maybe at this point, Piastri is also just like, screw it. I don't want to be with them. They have no idea what they're doing. Well, think about a ripple effect from that. Like that also stems from what about other people that are going to take that seat that's now open, right? Like everybody knows that now they're third and fourth fiddle. Like, you know, if you want to get a young gun in there, like F2 is all about proving yourself, you know, having that like driver's attitude, et cetera. I mean, how do you even expect somebody to like, you're going to get a, a second rate person to fill that seat that may not like necessarily deserve it, right? I think I, I can tell you who's going to get that seat. I think, you know, I think it's going to let them out of their contract that he just signed. Who's that? Uh, Red Bull with Pierre Gasly. That's fine. I I know you're gonna like say it again. I know you're a Pierre Gasly hater, and I've honestly a lot of, of my opinions changed on him this year because he isn't having the best season. But I think a lot of that stems from unhappiness and just feeling stuck in this situation. Um, I think if 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 Alpine wants him and he went to Red Bull, that Red Bull wouldn't be like, oh, no, we're going to hold on to you. I, I think they'd let him. I think he, they'd let him go. And I honestly think he's a realistic option for that seat. 
I saw some people saying maybe Daniel Ricardo. I can't see him just going back to Alpine. He's already worked with all those people before. I think if they're going to take away his seat with McLaren, that this is the end of the road in F1 for him. Because obviously Marcus Erickson thinks he's going to be at Haas next year. I think that's nuts. I don't think Red Bull is going to pick up uh, Mick Schumacher either. So we're, 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 these next couple weeks are just going to be absolutely nuts. Yeah, yeah, I really. Oh, good. No, Jake. No, you got it. No, like you were saying, Puff. I really don't know, like, what's going to happen. Like, Erickson had that crazy tweet with all these random predictions, but uh, it's really interesting to see what will happen, though, because I think Mick is officially out of the uh, Ferrari Driver Academy now. Yeah, so they, theoretically, he is like a free agent of some sort, but I don't think that'd be one of those deals where Red Bull would snatch him up like that. But again, I mean, I think Gasly does one out of Alpha Tauri. Obviously, he's knocking your back to Red Bull, so maybe if. There's a way he can get bought out by Alpine. He could find his way over there and make it a French team with him and Akon. But it's really interesting to see how these next few weeks are going to play out because I think some drivers that are already announced will end up being bought out or moving. Like with the whole Ricardo situation, I don't see how he stays in that seat if Piastri is like a legit option that McLaren have right now. I think it's a perfect um, spot for Red Bull. I think this is a perfect situation because they like Pierre, but there's no future with Pierre. Like Pierre's not going to get back to that Red Bull seat. And they kind of, I think they feel like keeping him with AlphaTauri, one, because he is a good driver and for that seat, and two, I, I think they just want to do right by him. And I think if, if he was like, hey, guys, like, I want to go drive for Alpine, I don't think they're, I think they'd just rip up that contract they have now. Like, hasn't gone into effect yet. We're in the 2022 season. I can see them just letting him go. And then that gives them an option to bring up Vips or Lawson. Yep. Because they're going to be looking to fill Checo's seat in a couple of years, too. Checo's, you know, at that age, too. Checo's, what, 33, 34. He's not going to be racing forever. And these last couple of weeks, he's just not been with it, if we're being honest. He does not even look close to on pace with his teammate. Both, uh, uh, what's his name, and uh, your team principal. I, I don't know how their names just slipped my mind. I talk about them Horner? all the freaking time. Horner? Yeah, Horner and the... <laughs> The other Gostrian guy, I almost said the other word. Uh, the uh, they they both said, "How was Marco? Oh my God! How like uh, oh, I'm an idiot." But both of them said that he was already on vacation. Goddamn, I'm on vacation too. But he was. It, they, I just think this this plays good for them. They're gonna figure some things out. You let you let Gasly walk, go to Alpine. Alpine could have a French driver on their team. Two French drivers. A lot's gonna happen here. Fernando can go drive the drive the green poop box next year because that thing's going to be a horrible car. I, I don't understand that at all. That that move is mind-blowing to me. And, uh, yeah, we can see what happens with some of the other teams. I still think Mick's going to be with Haas another year, um, even if he's not in the Ferrari Academy. He brings a lot of money with his German sponsorship. So, who knows what's happening. But McLaren has decided that their move is to sign every driver that's ever driven a car. Yes, and, and it seems like they coerce these guys to sign contracts with them by giving them the thing with McLaren, and it's going to attract a lot of these good drivers in others in these other series like F one, uh, not like F one, like IndyCar and like Formula E, that they can dangle that. Hey, you could get an opportunity to drive a Formula One car with us. You could have a future in Formula One, and that's how it gets these guys to sign with them. It's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. move. It's definitely an interesting strategy that they're running with right now. Just offer everybody the seat in the uh, in the big car, and then just 
I don't know, like gam- they're like almost gambling with these guys' careers. It seems like the way the Piastri completely just shut out Alpine, like they're never going to want him back now. I mean, they said today that they legally have a right to put Piastri in that seat or whatever, but uh, even if they don't, like he just completely burned a bridge to a whole team and organization. So McLaren well, really needs to so make this pay off money. for some of these guys. That, that we're not not just a team, a team that's paid him money and brought him up through the ranks. That's what's crazy. One, one I, think it's almost, I think it's almost a done deal that he's at McLaren. Like, he's going to be in that seat. Ricardo's not going to be in that seat next year. He's going to be somewhere else, hopefully in IndyCar, in that number 29 Chevy with uh, Honda with uh, Andretti Autosport. Um, but then that, like, now Polo, like, Polo was, well, looked like Polo was off, potentially offered a future in F1, and now you got Piastri in that car. I know. I know that Lando Norris is going to lead that team in, what, four years or whatever, but a lot of these guys are taking those McLaren jobs with the prospect that they're going to get an opportunity in F1. Yeah, Puff, one one thing to elaborate on there, that Red Bull situation, I really like that take about that opening another seat because I I think I said this for a while, not to be a Yuki hater, but he doesn't have it, right, to to be in a Red Bull seat. So we do need to see somebody else there and, and kind of start training them. And the other thing is, and I, I do like what you said about McLaren and like what they could do. I mean, what's the useful life of an F1 driver, right? Like all these guys just want to race. So McLaren has the ability to like put you out to pasture when that time does come, right? Everybody knows you're not going to be an F1 forever. What are the odds that you're Verstappen or Lando or Leclerc Hamilton and you can race for a million years, right? So McLaren has the ability to like put you into all of those other seats and you know Zach Brown is overseeing all of that, right? So his word has a lot of weight. I, I think that that's a really interesting, uh, you know, proposition as to why young drivers might be attracted to that. Well, I just think that's going to make their indie car team so good, and all of their other teams, the Formula E team. Because here, you're young, you you get out of F two, right? We're not sure if you're ready for F one, but we really like you. So then we put you in the indie car. You know, okay, if that really works out, maybe you get that opportunity in F one. Oh, the indie car seats are filled. We have the Formula E car and i know formula e has like the fan boost and it's really gimmicky but there's some really good drivers over there yeah like oh it's yeah not, it's they're not like glorified like stinkers like they're guys that either race in f1 you know it didn't work out for them you know, or you know they race in endurance racing they're good endurance racers and the formula e schedule is a lot lighter so they could do both there's a lot of good guys over there devries is over there i He's a very good driver. Stoffel Van Doon, he was an F1 driver. He's over there. You've got some good drivers over there. So McLaren is amassing this really good team and this base in the United States, in Europe, where you know they can plug and place drivers and use not just F2 as a feeder series, but these other series as well. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and what, what I said, I, like when I was talking to my friend Zach, before security tased me, like I gave him my <laughs> phone number, like my phone's on. Like I'll throw my hat in the ring, you know? I mean, if everybody's getting a shot, I mean, I think it'd be great for the podcast and, you know, maybe not our sponsor as uh, Red Bull Racing and Tony Stewart. But, um, you know, besides that, like, you know, I'll give it a shot. Hey, man, it might work out for you. No, it probably won't. Anyway, let's let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the race. Yep. No, we don't have to. No, we can just call it a night. <laughs> it's getting late, okay. you know. <laughs> me, and Jay, uh, me and AJ had great Sundays. AJ's boy won. Max Verstappen with uh, might be the best victory of his career. He's had some really good ones. Yeah, it's um, up there. Yeah, this is up there. You can see it in his face. Again, he's won a lot of races this year. You know, he's always happy after when everybody is, but you can tell how much this one meant to him because he didn't expect it when he woke up in the morning. He was ecstatic. He was very happy. 
he had a, he had that a couple funny moments in the race with that spin spun right ahead. It still still won the race. He was awesome. It was one of his best drives. Yeah, one 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 quick thing. So in terms of like after the race, I've noticed you can tell when Max is happy because otherwise he's very monotone, right? He's like, "Yes, boys, this was a good weekend. We overcame challenges, right?" But like when he's like laughing and like having a good time, a that makes me happy because like I take a bullet for Max. I mean that's just how it is. But I mean like that shows he's happy in the car and that we can improve. We had no pace all weekend, none. We thought Max might have taken an, an engine, right? So I mean. A, like, that's huge because then we could take an engine later. They did. They did. They took some – they took parts, but because – because, they, you know, if now the new rules are if you have a certain number that you can take. So okay. they did take new parts, but they were in within the rules, so they didn't have to take the grid drop. Yeah, but e- even that, like, we still have another one then before we hit four, and Checo then still has two more. But, I mean, like, I, I think that it's definitely a hallmark win, and I think that that's the nail in the coffin for Ferrari. Um like, I, I mean, Jake, I'll, I'll let you jump in here. Like, like what, what, what's your take for, for that Ferrari weekend there? Like, with any competent, a semi-competent race team, if you have a slower car starting first and you're second and third that whole race and you can't figure out a way to get one of your drivers, at least on the podium, like, you, you're just a joke of a team. Ferrari has the best car this year. They were second and third that whole race. George Russell was in a slower Mercedes. He was he was doing good with it, but he wasn't as fast as Lewis would have been. And there's, I mean, Ferrari should have had one of their drivers win that race. If it was Carlos, you know, I'd rather be Charles. But the fact that they pit Charles in the lead to put on the worst tires that Pirelli's ever made, and then it just kills his race. I mean, I just. Don't there is no Ferrari strategy. Like the team is just running itself into the ground and throwing points away. And it's gonna be at a point where Mercedes is gonna catch up to them before they can catch Red Bull in any any sort of battle this season, uh, points wise. I mean, it's really the championship is over. Max is a two time champion now, unless unless he just quits racing. I saw a stat he could DNF the next three races and he'll still be leaving the championship. It's, but the thing over. is, he could, he could probably DNF more than that because we know Ferrari will do something disastrous in those three races anyway. Out of respect, Ferrari would DNF. They would tell yeah. Charles to just drive into the wall. The thing is, there's... Ooh, so they there's don't a call co- anyway? <laughs> so there's a couple things with that that I wanted to get into and like, get your guys' opinions on. So Russell started on the softs, and we understood why he wanted to get ahead because he knew we had two faster cars behind him. So one Ferrari, why don't they at least put one of their cars on the softs? Not why not split the strategies? I don't understand that. Um, that didn't make any sense to me. They again, it wasn't like they were the first team to put the hard tire on, and they and it just was like it backfired on them. Like at that point, it's like oh, we made a mistake. There was other cars on the grid that had used the hard tire, and it was already a disaster. So every they already knew that, but they still did it anyway, which made no sense, and. And they're just, they're un, they're unbelievable. They're and then the no accountability after the race is just what blows my mind. There's nothing to change. There's from Benito Bonotto. They, they, they screwed their drivers again, again. One one quick take, right? And, and now they're not in a fight with the car that they're comparable to the Red Bull. They're now fighting the Mercedes, and Mercedes is going to have a better car coming out of the summer uh the summer break and that's now who they're fighting yeah and and so in, in terms of points right so i i did math um and, and this is in the video that we posted on tiktok um so 
LeClaire needs 9.8 points per week to catch Verstappen, and Ferrari need 11 points per week to catch Red Bull, which is, isn't really going to happen, right? Um, but one thing I wanted to, like, maybe take a 30,000-foot view on in terms of, like, Max's legacy, right? I mean, he's 10th in the wet. Like, he, I mean, he, he's the best in the wet, right? But, like, the spin and win from 10th, I mean, and, and like Jake said, right, and this is what reminded me of this, he's not in the fastest car. I mean, what does this say about him, like, holistically? Like, is that the GOAT-type hype real, or is that, yes. like, still? Okay. So, again, again, when we say he's not in the fastest car this year, I, I want to say hit them and Ferrari each week. It depends what the track is. It's thir- it's not where they're, like, Ferrari's way ahead of them That's or fair. Red Bull's way ahead. Like, it depends what track they're at, who's more suited to the track. Um, this year is a great year. It's, uh, I don't think it's a year he needed because I thought it was, again, I didn't like the way Abu Dhabi was handled, but still he deserved to be the world champion because the world championship isn't decided in a race. It's fought over an entire season. This is a great season for him, for all those people that call him like the fake champion and all that. What are they going to say now? Cause he's running away with it and it's not like he has no competition. There's another, it's, there's another car on the grid. That's just as good. And he's just way better. Yeah, so, that was definitely. This is a this is a shut up season for everybody. He's gonna enter. He's gonna end up 30, 30 some wins this season. He's now up there with some of the best. He's only gonna get better each year. I mean, do we even know if he's in his driving prime? We don't. And as long as he's always in, and the thing is with him too is like, say Red Bull could have a couple years where they're just not good. They don't have really good cars. You think someone's not gonna be vying for his services when his contract is up? You know what I mean? Like. Or you know, so he's always going to be in good machinery one way or another. He can do this for fifteen more years if he wants to. Yeah, that was definitely one of Max's like best drives I've seen, and I rewatched uh, some of the race highlights just uh, before we started this, and it was like a championship drive. I watched the first lap. He just went really soft into turn one. He thought, okay, you know, I can't win the race here, but I could win it in a couple of laps from now. So he went soft into turn one. He let Checo fight all those guys in seventh and eighth place. He stayed back in 10th. He didn't stick his nose where he could have gotten hurt. And he just drove a smart drive. And it's one of those drives where I think last year and the years prior, Max would have just tried to go all out as fast as he could because yep. he knew that he wasn't uh, he wasn't leading anything. He was still fighting for a championship. But now that he has a big lead he's and he's a already been a champion, he's his mindset's like champion. different. Yeah, he's driving like a champion. He drove a smart race, a safe race. And in the end, doing that put him in first. And now he has this massive lead. It was one of his best drives last year. He went up against the juggernaut. The one of the most dominant drivers of the, of all time next to Michael Schumacher. There's nobody who's dominated their air. Like those two guys. And he went toe to toe with them and he, and he was aggressive and he, and then he, and he learned a lot. And this year you're seeing a more measured max who knows to let the race come to him. Cause again, early in the season last year, he was fighting, fighting, fighting. Then he let a lot of the races come to him. And he took that lead, and then they they brought it back. But he always stayed measured. He was always composed, and he was always there. Yeah. This year, you're seeing the same thing. You're just, but you're the competition necessarily isn't the same. You know, Ferrari's got a really good car, but they're not the Mercedes team. Like if this was Mercedes, he's in a dogfight again because Mercedes isn't making these mistakes with the car that good. Like you, Lewis isn't going to make the. The, the little mistakes, but Ferrari's back on the scene now and they just can't compete. They're not, 
they've forgotten to the, how consistent you have to be over the course of a championship. And the perfect example is that of that is early in the year, Lewis was having really hard problems with the car. He was out in, 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 P, in P1s and all that shit. He has more podiums than Charles Leclerc this year. Charles Leclerc has more wins. He's a better car. But when we talk consistency, Lewis has more podiums. That's insane to think of. That's insane. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we wrote off Mercedes almost as soon as the season started, right? And and we were wrong about that. One one quick thing I do want to revisit, right? Both of those points about Max, like that really illustrates maturity. I think that's the one word that really expanded upon um, from, from last season to this season, right? So in terms of, and, and in, in like the, the one interview, right? Like they were like, oh, like, you know, you joined like Nikki Lauda in terms of like all-time wins or whatever, right? And his response wasn't like, oh, it's an honor. It's great. It was, well, there's less races in a season then than now, but it's nice, but it's not really a fair compromise, right? So for a champion and somebody that's going to win it again, you know, pretty safe to say at this point, I, I like that answer a lot. I think his personality's changed a lot. I think he's a lot more comfy in the car. He's a lot more comfy in tough situations. Tenth in the wet, new engine. Who knows what's going to happen? He, you know, Checo's 11, so he has some support. But, you know, that first turn, like you said, I mean, I just think that there's a lot there mentally that we didn't see last year, and that's making him more dangerous. Well, yeah. I mean, he's not fighting for his first championship anymore. He, he's got his championship. No matter what what happens from here on out, if he were to, you know, blow this championship and not win, and if he were to never win a, another race, another championship, Max Verstappen is a world champion. And now all he has to do is add all now all he can do is just add on to that. See the rest of the next the rest of it. I mean, he said this before in his in, his, in not so many words. It's like everything else is just gravy on top. You know, he achieved his childhood goal. Yep. You know what I mean? You're not, and especially in this sport, it's not like other uh, team sports. You're not guaranteed to be in the fight every year. Like you're seeing that with Mercedes this year. Like, you know, I'm not, it's not like Lewis doesn't have the hunger to go and fight for eight. He didn't have the car. Like next year, Red Bull can make a misstep with the regulations. I think it's highly unlikely, but let's say they do and they're not competing up at the front. Like it's not guaranteed. So you're seeing a guy who know who's accomplished his goal and now can just add on top of that. And he's just appreciating every moment, every chance he gets to do that. The only way that happens is if Helmet Marco gets COVID and monkeypox at the same time and dies. That's- and then gives it to Max, and Max has to miss the next entire season. <laughs> yeah, correct. That's the, again, but I'm just saying, like, you, you're, seeing a, yeah. you're seeing someone who's just, they've achieved their goal. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I, I think he's still hungry, though. Like, that's the thing is, I, I mean, Lewis demonstrated that better than anybody, and I'm not again. I'm not saying the hunger isn't there, but what I'm saying is, no matter what happens, if he were to never win another race, no one could take it away from him. So he doesn't have to prove anything to anyone anymore. I think the only thing he needs to do. So Lewis has a cool slogan, right? Still, we rise. You know, I think Max needs one of those, and then he'll be fine. (laughs) Oh yeah. Again, I'm just speaking of Lewis and that this team. I cut out there for a second. Um, I love the resilience this year from Mercedes. They've been on yeah. it. They've been on it. You start. You're starting to see why. Uh, you know, Lewis is the is the man. Is the number one driver. Lost in that race because he drove back from seventh. If they didn't have that DRS issue, he probably would have been on pole, and it, he could have been up at the front. And it could have been another Lewis Max battle for the ages. But yeah. Mercedes is here. I can't wait to see how they look after the summer break. But I hope we could get a win this year. If not, I know next next season they're going to be back in the in the in the fight. So, but for um, now they're now they're in the battle for second place with Ferrari. So it's it's going to be an interesting second half. 
So real quick, as we wrap up here, right, let's go around. How do you think the championship plays out? Give me one through four. Hey, Jake, you want to go first? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Max, and then I think Charles will take second. Uh, okay, constructors, give me, give me constructors. Oh, constructors, it'll be Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, and then I think Alpine's going to get that fourth spot. Yep. For drivers, it'll be Max, Charles. Uh, I really don't know for three and four. Uh, obviously, Checo has a lead right now, but it's one of those deals where I think Hamilton, if Mercedes is a good car in the second half, I think Hamilton could do some crazy stuff and get up there because he is a better driver than Carlos and Checo. And I think he could really just push himself into third place. I'm going to say Lewis will come in third. And then I think Carlos will take fourth in the drivers. Um, So, obviously, I'm going to go with Max at the top. That goes without saying. Um, I'm hoping Ferrari can keep putting it together and, and, and Charles can get second. I do think Lewis is going to finish third and you're going to have Checo, actually, in fourth. But the thing is, I'm not putting it – I'm not – saying that I don't think Lewis can end up in second. Now it would be a second place where he's a, li- a lot farther behind than first. But, you know, if they can string wins together and, like, they're just getting these consistent podiums, 2-3, that's 2-3 back-to-back weeks mm. because somebody up, up at the front, particularly that red car, is always making a mistake. So, you know, Mercedes was there. like, And, and at the beginning of the season, too, when they were finishing, like, getting lucky third places and stuff, they were always finishing 30 seconds behind, like, the front runners. They're there with them now. Like that at one point was like a, it was a three team battle up in those first top five places. Like all those cars were battling and Mercedes isn't that far off the pace. So they're, it, this is a fight now for second for sure. All right. I'm going to go with maybe a little bit of a bold take here. So I have Red Bull top Mercedes just because I've said that early and everybody's on this podcast said I was stupid, but I'm not. So uh, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, Alpine. I do like that take. Um, and then in terms of drivers, I got Max Leclerc, Checo, and then Hamilton. I think okay. signs, I think the, the, the DNF from, from signs is going to come back and bite him. I think the tension's going to build, especially when Ferrari performs. Like, I mean, like the, things were already not going great. Right. And, and that's spoken softly, but I think as things dwindle down to the wire, you're going to see signs really start to, to, to push Leclerc and show that maybe he's the one driver, right? Like, we saw that for a couple of weeks. I think we're going to see that more as we, we go into the closing weeks here, and I think that might lead to some mistakes. Um, so I, I could see uh, Lewis passing him there for fourth. I do want to say now, because if, let's say, if these things do happen, if Ferrari finishes third in the constructors and behind a Mercedes driver in the driver's championship, are we talking about a clean – That's got a, that is a disaster, right? Like it's already internally, internally for the team. Like that's got to be like, all right, this isn't the right management. We have to fire people. Yes. I I said that now for a minute. I, I think that either, and, and this is in, on the TikTok video I sent as well. I think either a Bonotto goes this year and people are going to say, you didn't give him a chance or they're going to like release like engineers, strategists, etc., And that's going to be like the scapegoat. And they're going to be like, Bonotto, you, you have one more year. If there's no success, he's gone. But I wouldn't be shocked if it's not the end of this year, to be honest. Um, it's just, like, it's there. It's all there. I mean, like, yeah, stupid things happen, right? Like, crashes happen, DNFs happen, cars are catching on fire. It's, you know, it, it's things are, you know, perhaps not in your control. But there's got to be some accountability there. Um, but I, I can't see him having a job. If, if next season goes – if you don't, if they don't win the Constructors next season, he's out of the job at the longest. Again, like, it's not that if I don't think if they – like, if again, if, like, Red Bull just makes a better car, that's one thing. It's just, like, if they finish in third – with like 
this year with like the one B best car. Like if Red Bull is one A or for uh Ferrari is one A, then the other one's one B. They're like so close to each other. It's like you got to be like, oh, like if you finish behind Mercedes, who started like the first half of the season, twenty some seconds behind you, that's a problem. Like the like the thing that is still blowing my mind is they're thirty points behind Ferrari and the constructors. That's insanity. Yeah, yeah. Jake, what do you think? I uh, something I thought about I saw on Twitter the other day was at the end of twenty twenty when Sebastian signed uh, a helmet for Charles, and he wrote like, "You're one of the uh, most talented drivers I've ever seen." Don't waste it. And it's one of those things where Sebastian, he wasted how many good years of his career at Ferrari. I mean, he left Red Bull as a four-time champion. He went to Ferrari. Many people thought he'd win another one, and Ferrari just wasn't again, there for how many years it's going to be one of those deals again. They're just not. Well, he hates the environment. <laughs> the, the other Here's the other thing, too, that people don't like. I feel like people don't remember. Maybe newer fans don't remember. It wasn't like that, again, like everyone just remembers the Mercedes dominance in those eras. Like 2017 and 2019, Ferrari delivered good cars. 2017, like 2018, like Ferrari made problems in those seasons too. Like it, like it wasn't all on Seb those years. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I don't know if you could look at Seb's last season, right? Because even if you watch Drive to Survive, another one of our sponsors, and you listen to like <laughs> interviews when – like, they're talking with him after he found out, and he's like, why can't I say whatever I want? Like, to the media, like, why would I even try? Like, that attitude of, like, fuck you is there. And that's why when Seb has a bad day, he goes and buys a, a pack of plastic straws and throws it right in the trash. Um, he's, you know. Oh God, like, you're so corny. All right. Well, it's not me. <laughs> hey, listen, it's not me. You know, it's him. I just, dude, I just always think, and uh, speaking of Seb, because he's retiring, I just always think it rubbed him the wrong way, how they delivered a bad car to them, and they sacked him and just didn't give him another chance in a, in a good car. Yeah. No, I, just I, think I, about what he would be doing in this Ferrari this year. Yeah. Probably be throwing trash out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, hey, time will tell, boys. Time will tell. Yep. Yes, we'll sir. be back after the summer break, back on video. Uh it's gonna be a fun one. I can't wait. Uh, spa right after the right after the break. I can't wait for that. That's just gonna be a great race. Yep. And we'll yeah, see you guys after it. Of course. All right. Yep. Have a good one, boys. We'll see you after the summer break on the softs. We'll be back. Peace out.